and welcome to our session on leading skills across the curriculum. I'm Jane Crawley-Adams, Professional Learning Advisor for LLC at the EAS. With me today is Jemima Bartley, Assistant Head Teacher from Lisweri High School. Today our focus is on developing and applying skills across the curriculum. So welcome Jemima, it's lovely to have you here. Thank you very much. Okay, let's start off with the first question. Um, I wonder if I can start by asking you what your role is in the SLT in your school? Yes, of course. Um, my role is to develop um, the whole school strategy and evaluate the whole school skills strategy across Lisbury High School. And um, through that, it's looking at how all teams implement skills across the curriculum, how they build and prepare for the new curriculum, but also the evaluation of how um, much impact we're having across the skill across skills in our school. So measuring the impact across lessons, through learner activities, through standards, um, also thinking about how we um, plan actions and, and drive forward within particular teams, but as a as school as a whole, so that we've got some consistency. I also line manage the skills team, so their their action plans directly um, come down from from my action plan. And we we use some of our time to develop professional learning for staff across the school as well to support them in their journey towards developing skills across the school. That's great, thanks. Maybe you can talk through the structure for skills development and application a little bit further, such as you, you talked about the skills team, how are skills leadership's roles allocated, um, really what sort of expectations you have about how those roles are fulfilled and, and how those roles are monitored? Okay, so we, we've changed things quite a lot over the last couple of years. Um, I've been in post nearly two years. We have a, a literacy coordinator who is new to the post. We have a numeracy coordinator who has a bit more experience and a digital skills coordinator. Each of those um, have around three hours per fortnight on their timetable allocated to either coaching particular staff going in and working with departments. We've got a section called skills in action at the moment that we're trialing or piloting to try to develop that opportunity to get into departments to work with teams so that even though we're trying to develop some consistency they've also got an opportunity to coach more bespoke focus areas for that particular team. Um, that might be linked to their learning needs or to their curriculum needs. Um, they also have opportunities where they can um, have extra time, you know, if they, if they request it to, to go in and work, because, you know, three hours per fortnight is not always enough for the big projects that they want to undertake, especially when we're looking at evaluation. And then we have line management meetings. So I meet with each of them once a fortnight and we go through their actions, what their priorities are, what impact they seem to be having and the evidence that they've collated. And then we plan their next actions, what, what's the next steps, what else do we need to do? Um, in that time as well, we try to meet as a whole skills team together so that we are all aware of what's going on everywhere else. And where possible, if they're picking up the development of skills holistically in certain subject areas or across the curriculum, they have that opportunity to share it with each other so that we're building that whole skills framework across the school. Oh, that sounds really interesting. So how have you identified priorities for skills development and then also I guess how are you de delivering on those priorities? 
Our first focus, and this was when I started really, was to come up with or to plan for our action plan. So we have a three-year action plan in place, and it does have to be you know, negotiated. Sometimes things change, sometimes our priorities change based on the evaluation that we've done or you know, changes in situation. But that's our overarching focus is our three-year action plan. Um, we also focus on any ESTIN feedback and any ESTIN recommendations that guide us towards that action plan and how that complements what we're already doing. And we also think about kind of half-termly focus areas in terms of professional learning and how that is driven forward through evaluation points that we need to have or anything that we've picked out along staff. We also meet with um, leaders of learning here um, in order to, you know, make sure that there's this ownership within teams, within departments for skills across the curriculum. And we also make sure that with it, with improvement planning, it's a focus on all leading um, learning team um, agendas. It's something it is something that they continue to evaluate, but also strive towards that development. We also use that time looking at schemes of learning, working with particular teams and mapping out um, ideas for the new curriculum. That's something that's our next focus, really, that kind of strategic planning of how we develop skills further for the new curriculum and make it something that is um, something that can be holistic across the, you know, rather than discreetly delivered. Thank you. I mean, I mean, it sounds really interesting, particularly the skills in action approach. Um, but sometimes skills leads in schools can come up against a little bit of resistance, particularly in secondary schools, but when you're trying to support departments. So so why do you think this is and, and what kind of strategies have you used to sort of enhance relationships? I think in terms of the challenges that skills team come up against it. the first one and it's this and always is this is time that's the biggest thing you know everybody is pulled in all different directions for all different kind of demands that they have that's the biggest one we also have sometimes staff are a bit reluctant to show that they might not have the experience or the knowledge you know it's quite sometimes it can be quite a personal thing can't it um and also there's that focus on teams rightly so their priority is the is the, the subject content that they want to deliver. And I think for, for us, definitely, it's been that shift in mindset for staff to see that actually it's quite difficult to deliver your subject content if they do not have the skills in order to be able to access it or to complete questions or to be able to discuss it or use the vocabulary that they need to use. So that's been a massive focus for us. And I think what we've tried to do is, is show and demonstrate a model for the whole school when we've done professional learning, how this will make a difference in those particular subject areas and what this might look like. But it's also getting across that message that skills can be developed. You know, it's not that you're just looking at literacy skills. You might be looking at literacy and literacy skills in this lesson and how it will enhance the impact on the, the learning and the progress that the children make. So that's been a massive thing for us and, and a way that we've tried to drive our professional learning. We've also given our staff a voice in that, you know, they, they've had the opportunity to say, well, these are the areas of focus that we need in our team. But in doing so, 
there's been a consistent kind of method across the school. So if one team, you know, particularly looks at a reading skill such as compare and contrast, and so does another team, they're all using the same particular skills. And what's happening is because the children are using it across the curriculum, it's embedded much more successfully and quickly. And it takes away some of that teaching time because that skill is embedded anyway. That's the that's the challenge is proving the impact that it actually has. And we're just starting to get to that stage yet. We're not finished, but we're just starting to get to that stage now where people are seeing and teams are seeing, actually, I can see that this is making a difference. The next focus for us, and it's been a bit tricky this year, but we, we want to move on to collaboration between teams so that they are sharing the good practice that they have. They are sharing the different methods and the different techniques and the different experiences of working with the skills team. Um, with each other it's just having that opportunity to do that that's the next focus that's that, that disciplinary almost approach to skills development I mean that sounds very much as though you've planned for that so what have been the benefits of having a strategic approach to skills development and application and are there any real particular successes that you can highlight I think a, a, one big example could be where we're looking at higher order reading skills and you know many times everybody you, you you can hear it anecdotally in the corridors skim and scan skim and scan but it's that moving into those higher order reading skills such as inference such as compare and contrast that they, they need to use across the curriculum to show their understanding of what they've read and, and so on so I think by having this similar methodology across the school and being able to use the same strategies and the learners see the same strategies in different lessons by different teachers and because the skills team are now popping in and a teacher might be going through that process of talking about this is how you do this particular reading skill or this numeracy skill and they're backing them up and they're saying yeah because you're doing it this way and where else have you seen it that the idea that the learners can now identify themselves and apply the skills themselves independently across the curriculum has a massive benefit. So I think that's one of the ways that it's really helped. And you know, it's early doors. We're still looking at data. We're still looking at kind of how it how based standards. But you can see it as you look and you evaluate learner work through looking at books and so on, and just through learner voice talking to the children. You you, you can tell. Um, and the other thing is, that I think there's that shift where people are very accepting of actually that's a good way to do it and and the it is it's tangible the, the buzz that you hear in professional learning sessions when people are like oh yeah we do that and we can do it this way and I think that's that's the big thing of getting people on board and as soon as they can see the impact that it's having and the consistency in provision that is there across the school that's when it makes the difference. That's fantastic I mean this has been a massive job of work for you I know and it doesn't always go to plan. Are there any areas that you can highlight where you've had to rethink or revisit your approach as skills lead? Definitely. When we wrote the three-year plan, um, this was uh, a year and a half ago now, so there were lots of restrictions in place with risk assessments and, and things that are stopping us doing things at the moment and slowing down progress. You know, we can't get as many children into the library at the moment because it's having to be used as a teaching space. You know, we can't get all of the staff together in order to do um, professional learning together, you know, face to face because we can't have everybody together at the moment. So we are doing professional learning remotely. 
there we are using things like breakout rooms but it, it does hinder us a little bit because I don't think you get that same conversation that you would have you know, and, and sometimes people are not that comfortable with, you know, speaking on camera and, and being in a, in a different room. So it does it does put things back. But I guess what we've had to do is just adapt. Um, we've had to prioritise, you know, think about, OK, what can I park for a little while? What opportunities have there been that I can grasp? You know, our focus on digital skills has massively in, increased over the last you know, year because we've had the opportunity to do that. And mm. um, we probably wouldn't before. And, uh, you know, that's for staff and that's for learners as well. So in terms of the opportunities that they have to collaborate, for example, and develop their skills in that way and use different um, kind of devices and think about um, editing and drafting of their work, that's made a massive difference that wasn't on our action plan originally, but is now. We've also thought about the coaching in a different way, like I said, that going in and working with teams more discreetly at different times has, has been something quite different. And again, it has slowed down the pace, but the impact is there in terms of the work that we've developed. And I think probably our quality assurance processes are a little bit different. We've changed those because a lot of it is more digital. But what that does is give us an opportunity to share more and create portfolios of good practice that's made a huge difference I think so there are lots of things that have changed but I, I guess a lot of them have changed for the better and have given us more opportunities. That's really interesting that particular I, I mean the pandemic has, has certainly thrown things into perspective but that evolving use of digital skills for teachers and pupils is something that perhaps I know we've discussed before you might not have picked up on in your in your development plan but that was really thrown to the forefront that's really interesting thank you for that I mean finally I, I guess um, to wrap up what aspects of the cross-curriculum responsibility skills are you focusing on in the light of curriculum for Wales and and how is that affecting the the next stages really of planning for you as a school I think the biggest thing for us was and it goes back to one of the things we talked about a moment ago was about using skills appropriately so our biggest drive is about authentic use of skills um, and how they are naturally occurring in lessons and how you know teachers can bring on the development of, of learner skills through the situations that they are presented them with I think in the past there's been this panic over skills and oh, I'll just add in an extra lesson here or an extra section on numeracy even though it doesn't particularly fit so that's been a massive focus and, and, and also it links into the getting staff on board because now they can see that actually the point is that we develop these skills that are needed in that lesson and, and you don't have to feel as though you promote each of those skills in your lessons if it's not relevant it's a waste of your time so that's that's one focus and the other thing is just about developing that collaboration across the um, areas of learning and to make sure that where there are opportunities for those rich skill tasks those holistic development of, of skills that's at the forefront of people's minds so I think the new curriculum has given us that opportunity to take a step back and to think about the planning processes that we have in place, to think about the structures of the scheme of learning so that we're not just going, oh, by the way, I'll just develop some extra writing skills in this lesson. There's that clear journey that's been mapped out in order to focus on appropriate use of skills, but also, you know, enhancing the development of those skills. 
That's great. That purposeful use of skills to enhance the subject and discipline areas. That sounds really interesting. Well, many thanks, Jemima. You've given a, a really thoughtful insight into your role as skills lead at Liswari. Thank you for your time and your input today. Thank you.